<clears throat> All right, CLB, go ahead and take a seat for me. Morning, church. Morning, church. Morning, morning, morning. Good morning. Go ahead and take a seat for me. Go ahead and take a seat. Good morning, church. We're going to be in James chapter 4, verses 11 through 12. Now, we didn't know exactly what the acoustics would be like with the number 14 team in the nation in high school dancing behind us, by the way. That's pretty cool. And so you're going to notice uh, this may be somewhat of a quicker message, but sometimes we all we need are those messages. Amen? So with that being said, let's go ahead and read God's word. James chapter 4, verse 11. Don't speak evil against each other, dear brothers and sisters. If you criticize and judge each other, then you are criticizing and judging God's law. But your job is to obey the law, not to judge whether it applies to you. God alone who gave the law is the judge. He alone has the power to save or to destroy. So what right do you have to judge your neighbor. Judging others. That'll be today's message. Let's pray. God, bless your name, your holy name. God, every blessing from heaven comes through you, Father of lights. So would you focus us in today? Would you empower me, fill me with your Holy Ghost to communicate with clarity the judgments that we make? And God, would we make judgments that are more honoring than dishonoring in your holy name? Holy Spirit, we need you. We need you as listeners. I need you as a teacher to herald your truth. God, would you not just inform our brains, but would it drop down 12 inches to the heart, which changes everything. In Jesus' name, COB, if you agree, go ahead and say amen. Amen, amen. amen, amen. There are parts of the Bible that tell us to judge, and then there are parts of the Bible that tell us not to judge. So my question over the early years of my Christianity was, which is it? Is it to judge or not to judge? And the reality is this, that the Bible describes two types of judgments. The first one is a judgment of others that honors God. And I'll explain throughout the message. The second is a judgment of others that dishonors God. And the other reality is that we make judgments of one another every single day. I mean, there's some ladies in here, you got to be honest, you already judged a couple girls looking up and down being like, oh, you obviously didn't have enough time to get prepared for Sunday. It's just my guess, <laughs> potentially, for what happened this morning, potentially. The greatest question in knowing this reality that we do make judgments, and there are two types of judgments, is to ask the question, is this God honoring or is this God dishonoring? And so today, my task that the Holy Spirit assigned me, providentially, thank the Lord, is to bring clarity and distinguish between the differences of both because this matters. The confusion of the church in knowing whether to judge someone or not judge someone has far too long limited our ability to love people and limited our ability to see that we are judgmental. Some of us have been paralyzed when we go to the holidays, which are coming up here, because family members will come in and potentially be parenting their children in a way that we think is dishonoring to God. So what do we do then? We don't want to be perceived as judgmental. Are we silent? Do we pray? 
What does the scripture say about that? Many of us don't know the criteria of God honoring judgment, so we end up withholding things that could really bless other people. And some of us haven't even allowed anyone to confront us or correct us because we haven't learned that there is such thing as God honoring judgment. To know the difference between God honoring judgment versus being judgmental, we'll just say it that way, has the potential to change our relationships by changing the way that people experience us. It has the potential to influence whether we bless others or whether we don't. And it can influence how grateful we are for the cross. Amen? Amen. So we're going to get into the Bible now, and we're going to do something that not necessarily is our usual, which is expositing the text for its meaning then, and then looking outward for other Bibles, Bible verses to inform us that we are interpreting correctly. Instead, we're going to go to two times that Jesus talked about God honoring judgment. We're going to bounce through those things and work our way through the text as well. And during that time, I'm going to point out the contrast between God honoring judgment and God dishonoring judgment. So we're going to get in the text, John 7, verse 24. John 7, verse 24, you'll see it up here on the screen as well. Jesus speaking here. Do not judge by appearances, but judge with right judgment. Jesus was talking to a group of Jews, and they were being critical of him healing on the Shabbat, the Sabbath, in which you're supposed to have your rest. And he doesn't say to his critics out there, don't judge me. Only God can judge me. He doesn't say, okay, let's be honest. Hey, if you grew up with any hip-hop, that was like the number one thing. Dudes were getting tatted on the back. Only God can judge me. Tupac singing songs, only God can judge me. And everyone's saying, only God can judge me. And there's some truth to that biblically. But ultimately, when we're really saying, only God can judge me, don't judge me, we're really trying to set up a defense and say, I'm going to justify what I'm doing. Because I like what I'm doing and the confrontation hurts too much. And he, Jesus doesn't do that. Instead, he says to judge. But first, he says, stop judging. And then he says, judge with right judgment. In other words, Jesus is giving permission to those critics to judge. He's just saying, make a right judgment. Okay, so for you note takers, right judgment is the first form of God honoring judgment. God honoring judgment. So judging rightly is the evaluation of actions based off of biblical standards. Right judgment has to do with base, uh, judging others' actions based off of biblical standards. Inversely, being judgmental, which is God dishonoring, is the evaluation of appearances based off of personal standards. Appearances based off of personal standards. So being judgmental is when we make assessments of people based off of appearances without knowing all the facts. Being judgmental is when we make assessments of people on how they appear to be handling a situation or their appeared motives. And then we measure those things, here's the key, with our personal standards. Our personal standards. We all have certain convictions, let's be honest. And we have preferences. 
But not all of those are clear-cut, written in ink in the scriptures. It's not so as clear. We may think that they're based off of biblical convictions, and so they potentially might be, but we all have some convictions that have to do, like for instance, who here thinks that we're gonna win the next four games in Nebraska? Okay, that's your conviction, all right? Will we? Raise your hand if you say otherwise. Will we win all four games? This is so Nebraska, you gotta love it. You gotta love it. We're gonna win out and we're gonna go to the national championship this year. Here's the thing, all, all, all joking aside, the danger comes about when we take our personal standards, judging others' appearances, and then we impose that on others. So I'm gonna share with you something that makes me look good, but I promise it, it's just helpful to share this example. So about 10 years ago, uh, I was cutting my teeth, getting to know the Lord, reading my Bible in Washington, D.C. I was playing for the Redskins. Uh, there was a play where me and another guy ended up talking trash to one another. So from the TV, you literally just see me turning and you just see head bobbing and my mouth is open and I'm talking. So the next week, I'm going to midweek service because we're playing on Sundays. And the pastor's son comes up to me and says, hey man, I just want to let you know, so-and-so is disappointed in you. And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, he saw that you were trash talking. And I was like, yeah, I remember that play. Yeah, he said, hey man, I'm really disappointed in Roy. I thought that he was actually saved. I, you tell me. I thought he was actually born again. And I, me, me and the pastor's son just laughed immediately just because we knew that it had a spirit of criticism behind it. He was being judgmental, judging off of the appearance on TV without actually knowing all the information. He didn't know what I said. I actually led the guy to Jesus on the spot in 10 seconds. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, I'm teasing. He didn't know what was said, and he thought also that my words coming out of my mouth, knowing I was a professing Christian, meant that I could become unregenerate with some words that I had said within three, a really bad moment in his mind, meant that I could be not born again. So on the other hand, we judge rightly when we make judgments based off of actions with the Bible as our standard. So in the situation that I just explained, to judge rightly, this young man would have looked at the situation, and here's what would have, in my estimation, biblically, would have been a sweet aroma to God as he's judging what's happening. He would have given me benefit of doubt because he knows I'm a pre professing Christian. He knows that we're all caught up in spiritual battles, so be kind. And he would have given me benefit of doubt. Then he would have practiced self-control and not gossiped about me. And he went to other people and said, I thought dude was saved when I had a bad moment in his eyes. And I'm pointing this out as an example, not to make much of myself, but just to give clarity because we all do those things. I do those in varying ways. So at the end of the day, I bring up all these things because it's a hard issue. We have to watch the spirit in which we judge others. Look with me back. We're going to go to James, verse 11 again. Don't speak evil against each other, dear brothers and sisters. If you criticize and judge each other, then you are criticizing and judging God's law. But your job is to obey the law, not to judge whether it applies to you. James is rebuking a certain kind of judgment. 
And that is a critical judgment, which comes from a spirit, a heart of criticism. And specifically in this text, contextually, James is writing about from within the church, the critical spirit when we judge other people's salvations. Now, church, what good is it if we make right judgments? If we're looking out and we're seeing, we've been living in community with someone. We've been seeing the fruit of their actions. We see actions. We make a right judgment based off of biblical standards. What good is it if we're approaching that with a critical spirit? It's going to be judgmental at the end of the day. Regularly fault searching, regularly not seeing the best in others, and trying to examine motives when honestly we don't examine our own motives. Hypocrite has been called out. Hypocrites have been called out throughout the Gospels in many ways. And Jesus, in many ways, has talked about how harsh the judgment will be for those who judge with a standard that's unfair, in which we wouldn't even judge ourselves. So I'm going to jump ahead because we're going to get into other forms of God-honoring judgment. We're going to jump now to a different text. Jesus speaking here, Matthew 7, verses 1 through 5 on the Sermon on the Mount. Follow with me. Jesus speaking, Do not judge others, and you will not be judged, for you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see the past log in your own eye? Hypocrite! First get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with a speck in your friend's eye. I'm going to take you to another team story. This is 2019. The coach has allowed during summer camp for each senior to stand up and share their story. Senior steps up, stops sharing. And I remember it like it was just yesterday. He got to a point in his story and he said, and don't judge me when you have a log in your own eye. What he was really saying in the spirit is don't judge me, you sinner. How dare you judge me when you make similar or same mistakes as I. But that is so abusing the text and not what Jesus intended. Jesus intended in saying this, that we would be able to recognize people by their fruit, be a spiritual umpire, call balls balls and strikes strikes. What Jesus is really doing is he's trying to get us to look at the mirror, at ourselves, before we judge. It's not if we judge others. It's going to happen naturally. We just got to accept that reality of being a human with free will. He wants us to examine our own hearts before we judge. We know this because Jesus tells them to not judge, and then he tells them to judge. And that, all of that is after he ends up saying, take the log out of your eye, though, before you help your friend. And the purpose of all this, I hope you get the heart and the spirit of Jesus and God-honoring judgment, is to help others. 
It's not just to be right for the sake of being right. The spirit of criticism kind of sounds like this. I would never do that. The spirit of God would more so say, have compassion on that person in your judging. Church, God-honoring judgments are not just right, but they're ones that care for the person and are not hypocritical. Those are the two, for you note takers, the two other forms of godly judgments that we're discussing today. The Holy Spirit wants our judgments to lead toward caring for others. He doesn't want us to make judgments that seem like we're throwing stones at people's lives from a distance and not caring and not involved at all. And sometimes God will call us when we, when we have judgment on people. He's trying to promote us to do something. And here's the thing. We may not always do actions, but we can pray for that person. We are called to pray for elected officials. If we have a critical spirit towards our president or other elected officials we disagree with because of their ungodly, and it is true, policies, and yet we do not pray for them, there's something missing. It'll be really easy to judge in God-dishonoring ways. So I'm going to save, uh, thank you, Lord. I'm going to save that story for another time. When it comes to being hypocritical, so we've talked about the care of judgment. When it comes to being crit critical, our inclination is to be critical of people, let's be honest, who share the same struggles as we do. And doesn't it make sense? Because if you're arrogant, if I'm arrogant, and I spend enough time with myself, and I look in the mirror and the Holy Spirit examines me and he reveals how I am arrogant, then I'm going to be very familiar with my struggles. And I'm going to be that much more discerning and aware of arrogance in other people. And I don't know if arrogance is your flavor of sin or pride, whatever it may be, just sharing as an example. And we get into trouble when we judge others with a harsher standard than we judge ourselves. Examine your heart and the type of people that we are being critical of. And the Holy Spirit will bear testimony that we can look in the mirror and say, that is me, yet by the grace of God, he's transformed me from the inside out. Amen, church? And sometimes it'll be a situation where he examines your heart and he exposes as you're judging other people. And he says, hey, this is something that's actually true and relevant and unrepented of in your life right now. And those are the voice of the Holy Spirit saying, look in the mirror first before you cast judgment on others. So what I alluded to earlier, all of those things of the critical spirit has all of its source in the enemy. The enemy is the original critical spirit. In Revelations 12, verses 7 through 9, it details where Satan and demons criticize God. They criticize his leadership, his decision-making, his organizational chart, his structure. They didn't like his kingdom. They didn't like his authority. They thought that it was all unjust. And then in verse 10, the enemy was cast down to earth. And since then, he's been the voice in our ears telling us to criticize. 
He's been the one who spoke to our former nature and encouraged us as if it was a second language to criticize others in our judgment. But praise God, born again saint, that does not describe who we are in Christ now. God has given us a new nature. And if there was ever a man who, was ju- who judged rightly, without hypocrisy, and with care, it was Jesus. He judged us rightly when he said that we were sinful within our, our uh, mother's womb. He was right when he said that our sin offends him because he is perfect and holy. And instead of pushing away from the table, creating relational distance, as we're tempted to do, he brought us in church. Think about that. The God of the universe, who's been perfect forever, looked at our sin and didn't push away, but had compassion on us in judging us correctly, and then hugged us and drew us in by his sacrifice. Church, Jesus rose from the grave to give us that same mentality to judge others with. Are you feeling me on that? You picking up what I'm putting down? He rose from the grave so that God-honoring judgments, check this, is our natural judgments because the Spirit of Christ is within us. Literally, the judgments that we see that were right in the Gospels and the power that brought them about is within each born-again person. Paul said we have the mind of Christ so that looking at our judgments from here forward, we will make, by God's grace, and and, and actually be excited to make our judgments that are more God-honoring and calculated versus judgments that are quick and lack compassion because we're all in a spiritual battle. The type of judgments that we're going to make from here on out moving forward, just as a reminder, has the potential to change our relationships by changing the way we are experienced, and it will determine whether we bless others or not. And most importantly, it will determine if we see ourselves clearly as God sees us, which is all of us have needed forgiveness. Now that should never separate us from making godly judgments. It should promote that in us with compassion, judging people's actions by biblical standards, not our own, knowing that we're each in a great spiritual battle. Let's pray. Jesus, you're good. You're kind. God, from this message, would you see your church, CLB, make more judgments from here moving forward that are God-honoring, especially within the body of Christ, which was the context of this passage. God, would you promote godliness within us? Help us examine our own hearts, worship you furthermore. Help us not minimize what we see in the mirror as we judge others. In Jesus' name, bring freedom in Jesus' name. Amen.